Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I built to predict various outcomes is named Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, where we are going to cover select college basketball games scheduled to be played on Friday, December 30th, 2022. If you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.picksprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, goals, full recommendations on wager scaling, where to find additional picks and community rules. Always remember, there are no locks in gambling. So what Southern provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades to indicate its confidence level on picks. Again, this episode only covers a select set of picks. The A-grade plays are usually a solid group of picks. There are plays that can be found on the website and Patreon, and additional picks given out exclusively to the Discord chat. The results of the totality of these recommended picks can be found both on BetStamp and on the Google Sheet, all those links in the show description. That Google Sheet also contains the full set of projections of picks on every single game, and for early access to those picks and projections to get at, take advantage of early mispriced lines, see Patreon, that links in the crawler below, and also in the show description. It's also where you can access that Discord chat, which in addition to those exclusive picks I mentioned earlier, is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games, along with some general fun. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand the good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, it'll be profitable each and every day. And it's an impossible reality for any gambler. Because, uh, Jared, we are recording this uh, immediately after the uh, travesty that was the Syracuse-Minnesota football game. And I know this is a basketball show, but uh, I, I feel like that's like a black cloud uh, over me right now. I, you know, losing the side of the total on a fourth and nine scramble uh, with two minutes to go really puts a damper on your Thursday, you know? Yeah, it does. And I might be bothered if we weren't like 22 and six or something <laughs> ridiculous. I don't even know what the numbers are. 22 and 12, 22 and nine. I don't know. Uh, we had one push in there as well. If we weren't doing so well the rest of bowl season, I would probably care. But to be honest with you, I, I, I'm having a hard time caring. We, we've done so well. Otherwise, we were bound to have one bad break go against us. That's fair. We were 16-4-1 and one on sides entering uh, that game. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Absolutely not wrong. But it still feels a little bit like, man, I feel like you should have at least yeah. had one of those, if not both of those. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's that's the, the, the fun of gambling is when sometimes that stuff goes your way and you're like, I had no business winning that. And then sometimes it doesn't. And it, yeah. it's like we always talk about with the good and bad variants. It, it's, just, it's all over the map sometimes. It's uh, That's why I always tell people, you know, it's all about the long run, not about one day, not about one game. Right, because yeah. um, you gotta you gotta you gotta look big picture wise. It's just it's hard sometimes. It's hard to, to look big picture when you have something like that, um, you know, go against you. But you're right, big picture wise, uh, college football's gone pretty well. You've done really well here mm -hmm. on the college basketball picks. I'm sure the people are excited to have you back on. I think uh, I think of the three of us, you're leading the pack right now in uh, in your record. So yeah, no in, pressure in due time. Uh, I, I, a good statistician told me sometimes something about regression to the mean. Uh, I, I don't know all all of those mathematical terms that could probably say this this can't sustain itself. Uh, but there is a reason my bio on the website says model whisperer, and it's not because of college football. Uh, it's because more of college basketball, and I spend a lot more time watching the models than I do actual basketball games. And, and so I do feel like I have a little bit of insight into where the model's doing well, where it's not doing well, and hopefully that that's coming through in my picks. 
I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you nailed it. And regression to the mean, right? A concept that is often misunderstood by people. People think regression to the mean means everything trends to 500. Regression to the mean is a concept that means everything will trend, that, that going forward, you will perform at your true talent level. And if you've been overperforming, that means that you will come back to earth. It doesn't mean you're due to have bad picks. It just means that right. going forward, you will perform at your talent level. And that in the end, that's where we'll your regression to the mean might be, you know, 55%. Like you said, model whisper right here. I, I, I've always noticed that you have insights on the model that I don't even have, and I'm the one who built the dang thing. So I, I do think yeah. your uh, your insight is very valuable to us. Here. Yeah, I'm I'm 61.9 right now. Uh, that's not going to hold up, people. So yeah, that's if probably, I end the season, if I end the season at like 55 or something like that, I will be ecstatic. Yeah. You're right, 62 percent probably not going to hold up. But hey, again, if we were if we were, if your true mean is 55 percent and you regress towards that, I don't think anybody uh, here would complain. Uh, we've got seven games to talk about here today. Eight picks for you. But before we get to that, some reminders: please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball and MLB or college football content. This channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month get you full access to all the plays of the day for another 2 bucks a month. Access to that Discord chat group. And for $5 more dollars a month, you get ad-free shows delivered to you earlier than the general public and immediate access to all the picks. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. And currently at the time of this recording on Thursday afternoon. Shifting things up a little bit here, not a collaborative play, just what I'm going to call here the Professor's A-plus play of the day, my favorite play of all of them. Got a lot of day games here on your Friday. This is a day that I think a lot of people will have off from work. Hopefully, you viewer are among them, or if not, you can uh, keep your eye on some of the day games. There's a few good ones and a few that we think you can make some money on. Uh, I'm going to highlight Bucknell minus five and a half at Holy Cross here. Um, Bucknell, I think, is just a much better team. They are on the road. Uh, models done pretty well pegging these two teams pretty spot on for the most part. Model says it should be Bucknell minus seven. I don't see Holy Cross having a large home court advantage in this situation. Uh, Bucknell's just a much better team. I think they can get it done. And I love, we talk about all the time, laying numbers less than six, less than seven. Six, seven, eight's a good spot for this one to land given late game fouling situations. And that's in the event Bucknell doesn't just run away with it. And given that they are not a good team, but still much better than Holy Cross. They could just run away with it, and then we don't have to worry about it. But that late fouls uh, possibility getting us to six, seven, eight, something like that makes us a great number to invest in. So I'm going to lay the five and a half as my favorite play of the day here with Bucknell. Uh, I like that play there. Uh, the past month, Bucknell has played three teams that you could probably say are as bad as Holy Crosses. Uh, St. Francis, Pennsylvania, which they won by 24. Uh, New Jersey, Institute of Technology, I'm going to say, won that one. By Probably. And then, yeah, and then they beat Merrimack by by six. Uh, I would say Merrimack's a bad team, but the way that they play basketball, those low-scoring games, is going to make it harder mm. to get outside of a larger number like that. So I would say Holy Cross isn't going to exactly play the same type of game that, that Merrimack is. So I think that's a good pick. When when Bucknell has played really bad teams uh, the past month, they, they've put them away pretty handily. Yeah, Bucknell's defense, not anything to write home about, but Holy Cross isn't the offense to take advantage of that, which is kind of like what you were saying there. When they play a bad team, that bad defense doesn't really – what's the opposite of shine? <laughs> the yeah. bad defense doesn't really – you don't really you don't really see it because it's not evidence when you play a bad offense. That's what Holy Cross has. So uh, right. a lot of good reasons there for Bucknell to win this one handily on the road. In the afternoon games, make sure you get money on that one early. And then we're going to flip over and talk about the Cousins A-plus play of the day. Cousin Jared, your favorite of the A-grade plays. Uh, only about 10-ish or so of them at this point, uh, but the one that you like the most, 6 p.m. Central, 
Southeast, Southeastern, I don't know, Louisiana, uh, mm-hmm. plus 14 and a half at Vanderbilt. We faded Vanderbilt with a big number, I remember previously, and got a winner off of that one. Uh, we've backed Southeastern Louisiana seven times and have gone five and two doing so. Uh, they've been fairly good to us for the most part. The model says this should be Vanderbilt by 11 and a half, so a three-point discrepancy there is usually pretty good uh, investing. Cousin Jared, why is this your favorite play of the day here, grabbing all the points with Southeast Louisiana? And this is my favorite play because Vanderbilt has won a grand total of one game this season by more than by 15 points or more. Uh, that was against Moorhead State. And the thing was, Moorhead State in that game only scored 43 points. I can promise you, Southeastern <laughs> Louisiana is going to score more than 43 points. They're going to score more than 50 points. They're probably going to score more than 60 points. And if they score more than 60 points, even if they play at a high tempo and Vanderbilt is able to, you know, get up and down the court and put up some points themselves. I just haven't seen anything from Vanderbilt this season. That's going to make me think that they're going to be able to just blow Southeastern Louisiana up by 20. I mean, you're, you're telling me that Vanderbilt would have to score like 80 points or 85 mm-hmm. points in that scenario. And, and just skimming their schedule, I think Vanderbilt has scored uh, 80 points, a grand total of zero times in non overtime games this season. So I just think that uh, Southeastern Louisiana is going to put up too many points to get outside this number. Vanderbilt's probably going to win, but I think it's going to be more like by nine, uh, more than uh, you know, 14 and a half. Yeah, some great points there. The model says about 78 to 66, which is kind of what you were saying, that Southeastern Louisiana should get into the 60s handling that Vanderbilt's going to struggle to get to 80. And so as long as Vanderbilt doesn't get to 80, Southeastern Louisiana gets into the 60s. We got a really good shot at picking up the victory here. So that's your favorite play of the day, which takes us to the best of the rest. So I capitalized the the one, the best of all the rest of the Apex. You get a lot of them uh, on the board. Not as many as usual with a smaller slate here on Friday, but but at least this Friday doesn't have like six games. I feel like some of those Fridays have like six, seven games or something. <laughs> it's yeah. really slim pickings. We yeah. at least have a handful of games here to choose among. Uh, Cousin Jared, you like this one as the next best of all of the A plays. Buffalo getting 15 and a half points at Michigan State. Model says it should be in the low 13s. Uh, Michigan State, we've backed them seven times this year. Gone one and six. Backing Michigan State has not been a profitable venture. Faded Buffalo four times, gone 0-4. So I'm really glad the model flipped on this one because it's been kind of picking Michigan State against Buffalo in these types of scenarios for these teams, and it has not done well. Um, So the model is grabbing all of these points with Buffalo against Michigan state and what might be a sleepy, you know, we got all these non-conference games here right before kind of intermixed in with some of these conference games. Uh, Cousin Jared, why is this the next best or the best of the rest of the A plays in your book? So Michigan state just kind of meh by Michigan state standards this year. Buffalo is, I mean, they're, they're going to score and give up quite a few points. The game's probably going to be up and down, especially by Michigan state standards in this one. Uh, what I would say here is I see this game playing out two ways. Buffalo wants to get up and down the court. Michigan state could do what they did against Gonzaga and just kind of crush and smother Gonzaga in a way that Gonzaga very few times this season has kind of been, um, you know, covered up on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Michigan State could do that, and this game could end up like, I don't know, 70 to 58. Uh, Buffalo just plays so quickly and so fast, and and they're pretty good offensively. I just don't think they're going to score less than about 55 points or so. And so even if Michigan State really puts the brakes on them, I think they're going to score enough points to cover the 15 and a half. Conversely, if Michigan State decides they want to go up and down in, in this game, that's going to play exactly into Buffalo's hands. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Buffalo do, does best. So 
the way that you lose this one is Michigan State scores 85 points and, you know, Buffalo only ends up at 68 or something like that. But I feel like uh, the number of times that that happens is, is you know, fair, fairly slim. So I think either way Michigan State decides to go with this game, I think one's going to keep it low scoring. 15 and a half is going to be a lot of points or it gets high scoring and that's the kind of game that Buffalo wants to play. and It's going to be harder for them to get outside of that number. Yeah, that's a great it's a great way to break it down there. I, I think I said the same thing about a game previously. Honestly, I don't remember if that game won or not. <laughs> but it is it is nice when you break it a game down like that and you go, well, I know the one team wants to do this and the other team wants to do this. And kind of either way it goes, I kind of like my edge here because like you said, it's if, if it does slow down, 15 and a half is a lot of points. And if yeah. it speeds up, Buffalo is perfectly content doing that and should have enough success offensively to hang around and like you said, lose by 10 or 12 or something like that. Um, right. Unlikely that they pull the upset. But uh, like I said, you, you definitely also wonder about Michigan State and how motivated they are to go out there and give 100% with conference play right around the corner. Maybe right. they show up, play well, you never really know. And again, so many of these games are just decided by who hits the three ball, right? You know, of the seven games you're talking about, probably two or three of them are going to be. One team hits all the threes, the other team doesn't. It doesn't really matter how you handicap it. One side's going to hit, one's not, and you just never know, right? But it's right. the other games where that doesn't happen that you're looking at. So assuming that doesn't happen, uh, there's a lot of ways this goes where Buffalo gets the win. So it's your next best of all the A plays. Which takes us to the cousin on a limb, a game the model does not have an A grade on. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say cheating here, uh, cousin Jared, but it, just as a reminder, people, those early access to the lines on Patreon, the people who have them, they they they've given their testimonials on Discord and talked about how valuable they are. Cousin Jared, you've talked about it all the time. How much? Uh, yeah. and, and obviously, as you part of this uh, this platform, you know, you get all of that, you know, as well. Yeah. And you've talked about how helpful that is. Uh, Western Michigan, uh, just you got at a slightly better number, and you got at a number earlier on that would have been an A grade play. It's come down a little bit because people are backing Western Michigan. You still think it's valuable? I am curious where you say maybe you're a little bit less into it but again if you're able to get some the opener it was even higher than this um but you're going to take western michigan you're still going to take them here at plus 21 and a half at wisconsin the model says it should be about 20 um the models backed wisconsin five times and gone five and oh but doesn't think that we should be backing him here for the most part it's been pretty accurate with both of these teams um what I noticed on this one is the total on this one's 127. So we're just not expecting a lot of points. And kind of like we talked about the last game, if it's a low scoring game, 21 and a half is a lot of points, especially with a team that might be a little disinterested, not really sure yeah. if the, it, it feels like bowl season, but we do all those bowl previews. We talked about that a lot, right? Not sure if the team shows up. So grab points yeah. because if the better team doesn't show up because they're just not motivated to be there. And that's what you have here on the holidays. Seen a lot of these home teams lose by games um, and or just look lackluster, uh, especially with conference play just looming right around the corner. Because, Jared, you, you like this plus 21 and a half here with Western Michigan. Tell us more. Okay, so to answer your question first, I think at like 20 points is the point where I wouldn't be interested in Western Michigan uh, anymore. Uh, and to your point that you just made, Wisconsin, this is their first game since December 15th. Uh, their their last mm. game was was canceled. This is obviously the, the weird game the kind of sandwich between – yeah, and this is the weird game sandwich between uh, Christmas and New Year's. So, yeah, I'm like you. Who really wants to – if you're these student-athletes or whatever, you got the holidays coming up and everything, who really wants to be out there uh, playing – this, this game against Western Michigan, if you're Wisconsin, probably not very many of them. Uh, yeah, my first thing on this was exactly what you said. Total of 127, uh, 21 and a half points is going to go a long way in a game that might be that low scoring. Uh, but more specifically, diving in on, on the teams, Wisconsin, I mean, we just kind of know what type of game Wisconsin plays. And 
in my opinion, we've had enough of the college basketball season at this point where you can, I don't want to say discount what happened those first couple of weeks, but you definitely have a much better idea of who the teams are at this point than you did when the season first started. Wisconsin has uh, covered a number like this since the first game of the season. You got to go all the way back to November 7th, the first game uh, where they would have covered a number this large. No other game has really come close. They've, they've been winning games, but they haven't been blowing teams out. Again, it's just not kind of the, the style of game that they want to play. If you go over and look at Western Michigan, Guys, Western Michigan's not good. Like, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that they're going to cover this because they're they are a an underrated team. That's not necessarily the case, but they've played a couple of big name teams on the road this season. They played Iowa State. They lost that game by 16. Uh, they played Dayton, which honestly, who can forget that uh, just staggering battle for Atlantis game between Wisconsin and Dayton over Thanksgiving. I feel like that game was like 43 to 39 or something stupid. <laughs> I think it got to like 49 to 50 in overtime. I think. Uh. Um, so in, anyway, Western Michigan lost. Dayton by, by 20 points. Uh, so they've played some some good teams on the road and they still would have stayed inside this 21 and a half number. So uh, again, I think this is a combination of just the type of game that Wisconsin wants to play. Doesn't lend itself to blowing teams out. And Western Michigan is not good, but they're like decent enough to lose by 20 or less. So I think yeah. getting 21 and a half points in a game like this is pretty valuable. I will say this is one of the weird games where if you're watching it, you are a little bit maybe more concerned about the backups playing than the starters because when we talk about who's motivated to play, I feel like the starters are probably not as motivated in a situation like this. But if the backups come in, those are the guys who are probably motivated to play all the time because they never get to play, right? So this is almost one of those where uh, if the backups come in, I actually might get a little bit nervous. Rather, the starters just kind of like sleepwalk through this in Wisconsin by 14 and and never really get out there, right? Um, You know, we don't want those. We got to avoid those walk-ons just jacking up three-pointers up 20 with 15 seconds left just because they can right it's, as long as yeah. we avoid that scenario right we at least have a, have a better chance to, to pull it out yeah and that'll take us to the daily double double again where we like a side and a total uh, i'm gonna give you one because jared's gonna give you the other one you can take both you can take one you can take neither you can parlay them together whatever you want to do uh but we think there's a lot of good angles for the 6 p.m central north alabama at jacksonville state game we're gonna go over 138, and we're going to grab the seven points with Northern Alabama. I've got the side play for you here. The model says it should only be six. Getting seven is about as low as I want to go. We already locked in seven and a half as an A-grade play earlier in the day. No idea where the number will go, but seven is about the furthest I want to go down because we always talk about if you're grabbing points, grabbing a number like that at least gives you a fighting shot if they're going to not foul at that point, which is good. Um, With regards to how these teams have performed, again, I always talk about the model being slow to react. It's not going to try to overreact because it knows that if it's going to, if it does that, I've built it that way. Uh, Because if not, we end up just chasing our tail if we just overreact to every good and bad performance. Um, But North Alabama has actually overperformed model expectations by 7.6 points per game. And Jacksonville State has underperformed model expectations by 4.8 points per game. So if I were to turn up the let's react a little bit stronger uh, slider in the model, which doesn't actually exist. I'm talking metaphorically. Um, the model would say that this is probably only supposed to be Jacksonville State minus four or five, something like that. I think seven is just too many. So I'm going to grab North Alabama plus seven. Because, Jared, you're going to give us the total. You're going over that 138. Model says 143. Tell us more. I'm going to, I don't know if there's one sentence I have said all season on the college basketball show that's been more persuasive than the one that I'm about to say. Uh, North Alabama gave up 76 points to Mississippi Valley State. 
Wow. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know what else you need to say. Like you can run through North Alabama's schedule and just look at the opponent's scores. 76, 76, 74, 89, 80, 87, 75, uh, 63 against Alabama State, which is, is Alabama State the worst team in college basketball? They've got to be like I don't, really close if they're not the worst. I don't think they're the worst. I think they're bottom 10, but I don't maybe bottom 15, but they're, they're not in the bottom five for sure. Okay. Well, I, my scaling's off. I'm used to operating with 131 teams, not 3,000 or approximately half true. many there are in college. This is true. I mean, you're for, you're forgetting about Lamar and Hartford and IUPUI, Green Bay. Yeah, Har- Hartford, right. Hartford, pretty bad. Yeah. 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 L- LIU, you know, pretty bad, yeah. right? You know, LIU, yeah. the earliest afternoon having, having a lead and then blowing that one and never really, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, being, you know, not, not being a hold of the lead there. So, yeah. Well, anyway, moral story is North Alabama defense questionable at best. And, yeah. and so I think this one easily goes over 138. Yep. Model predicts 74 and a half to 68 and a half. So, model thinks Jacksonville State will get up into the 70s, like you mentioned. Um, and then North Alabama getting near 70 can get us both, hopefully, the cover and the over in that one and speaking of totals we're gonna go to the total of the day this is of all the totals the one that jumped out to me the most and again uh, not to be broken record but if you have access to those early projections you would have loved this total would have already jumped on it at a better number it's opened up around 139 and it hung at 139 for a little while depending on where you're shopping around it but 139 just way too low the model thinks it should be about 146 still good value at 141 still a number i'm comfortable going over uh, but about 142 might be about as high as i want to go the reason I say that, you just never really know. Some of these totals are missed by 20 points, right? But there's a lot of these that do come down to like one or two points within the total. And so every point matters. Always shop around. But I still like going over 141. In this one, um, you've got two teams that with regards to the total number of points scored, the model's been pretty spot on with both Siena and Quinnipiac. And again, predicts 146. The model thinks this game will be about 75 to 71. It thinks it should be a tight contest. And that also gives us extra possibility for late fouls, shenanigans like that, and or overtime in order to get us over. So we've got multiple avenues to win this in a game where both teams are pretty average, but the worst unit on the court is probably Siena's defense. And both these teams, Siena plays at a pretty average pace, but Quinnipiac plays pretty fast. So you've got average everything and then a couple of little factors that point to higher scoring than average. The average game has about 140 points in it. And so I don't really see why this is around 140. I think this number should be set around 143, 144, 145 maybe. And again, models is 146. So something like 141 gives us a lot of value and a lot of wiggle room here to go over. So I like the over there. Uh, Cousin Jared, I feel like maybe your analysis and maybe you can give the readers or the listeners uh, another another doozy here of your patented uh, Cousin Jared analysis. Yeah, the, these are two teams that are playing basketball and questionable defenses and potentially a higher than average pace from Quinnipiac. There you go. There you go. All right, that takes us to our must-see TV game of the day. It's an early one, so make sure uh, you get your money in on this one quick. Hopefully you're watching this either uh, the night before, evening before, or at least early in the morning here on Friday, 11 a.m. Central North Carolina at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's getting five and a half points at home, and the model's got an A grade. They're backing Pitt 
getting five and a half. Pittsburgh uh, has been one of the teams that's actually overperformed the model expectations the most of any team this season. It's very high up there on that list. The model's been pretty spot on with North Carolina. The model's been skeptical of them all season, thought they were good, not great, not number one worthy. So the model's been pretty spot on with North Carolina, um, but again, just really underestimated just how good this Pittsburgh team is. Pittsburgh's definitely going in the right direction. They're nine and four against the number here, and getting five and a half at home just seems like too much. They're not the better team by any stretch of the imagination their offense lags a little bit behind North Carolina's their defense lags a little bit behind North Carolina's but being at home should give them enough to hang around in this one and then we just got to hope that they can lose by five or less a lot of ways North Carolina wins this game uh, but doesn't cover we've seen North Carolina a lot this year in these situations win games by uh, low numbers so uh, hopefully we can repeat that scenario again model games an A grade to pit at five and a half and so we're going to back that in our must-see TV game of the day. Cousin Jenner, what do you think? So I, I think you just said that Pitt was nine and four against the number. Did I hear? Mm-hmm. Did I hear that right? Well, I can promise you two of the two of those games early in the season they lost to Michigan by thirty-one points and they lost to West Virginia by like twenty-five. So I promise you they didn't cover those two games. So it's more yep. like they're like nine and two or, or so yep. against the number in the, in the last eleven games. So they've been pretty playing really well. I also like uh, the type of game that I think North Carolina is going to want to play here. I like what I've seen from Pitt in the past uh, month plus uh, playing teams like it up and down the court. They held fairly Dickinson to 61 points, which I think we talked about earlier this season, fairly Dickinson, one of the worst defenses in all of college basketball, but also a pretty decent offense. They, and they play, and they play really fast. So anytime you're holding them down is pretty impressive just because they get, they get points via volume of shot attempts. It's not like that's great quality shot attempts necessarily, but they get up so many shots. They, they score points because they're going to, you know, love large numbers. They're going to eventually get some in, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they 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 beat North Carolina State by eight points, and then uh, you know beat Syracuse by two points. There, all in higher scoring games, which you would think is what this game would would turn into. So, yeah, definitely like what you've seen from Pitt lately. Again, nine and two against the number in their last eleven. It's kind of like we said last week with Idaho. You just kind of kind of got to ride the hot hand until mm-hmm. it doesn't work for you. Yeah, absolutely. Pittsburgh's a team we faded early on, and that worked for a couple of those games, and then it stopped working uh, because they just played really well. They finally got healthy, and so we kind of knew it would be slow, which really faded them, and uh, they kind of came together a little bit quicker than the model really expected them to. But yeah, they've been playing really well. Uh, model expects uh, about 150 points in this game, so like you said, should be up and down, should be entertaining a lot of points. Two decent teams. I mean, North Carolina obviously should make the tournament pit right now, probably more on the outside looking in, but the way they've played lately, um, Pitt could make things interesting if they continue to play at that level. Uh, they've got all the games in front of them to win in order to make the tournament. So uh, definitely a game worth watching if you're able to here at 11 a.m. Central. We're going to grab the points with Pitt. They might pull out the upset or if not. Hopefully they can at least keep it close and lose by one to five. And that's the seven games, eight picks that we've got for you on this show. We get a lot more picks out there on the Patreon, on Plays of the Day, on the website. We got picks everywhere. Um, I always recommend playing more than less. Don't play anything you don't like, but don't play, don't not play something if you like it. You know, just split your units a little bit smaller and play more things. It kind of reduces that good and bad variance we talk about. It's always fun we have good variance, but bad variance always sucks. Um, Cousin Jared, any parting words for people before they head into their Friday college basketball betting? Uh, reminder to, to go out and watch the college football show. Got a lot of college football games coming up on Friday, and then we've got the playoff semifinals on, on Saturday. Then we'll have a new show for you next week covering the last handful of bowl games, and the national championship games. So uh, as college basketball season is getting rolling, we're winding down on college football season. Bowl games we've done, I mean, just amazing so far. So can't, again, regression to the mean there, uh, but, but we've been doing really well. So definitely want to check that out. 
Yeah, I would assume that we probably aren't going to continue to hit at 80% for the rest of the bowl season. But hey, if we do, that would be really awesome. <laughs> that would. We, 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 would, we would tell our kids about that. If we, we would. If we could have... Yeah, if we could have a whole bowl season of 80% on sides, that would be pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Hopefully we keep that uh, going. So some last-minute college football stuff to happen before that season wraps up. And yeah, the rest is on to college basketball. Pretty soon we'll be back to baseball. And I know that's what everyone's – if you weren't around for last baseball season, if you weren't around for the baseball season before that, we've had some really good baseball seasons here. Um, yep. It's been a lot of fun. So I think that's what everyone is uh, – everyone's either looking forward to, or if you're not, you need to start looking forward to it. Um, yeah. You know, now that we're into the new year, we're, we're only about three months away. Yeah, and we can say all this because Jake's not here. Exactly, exactly. Right. If Jake was here, he would be he'd be cursing yeah. under our breath, you know, talking about how this yeah. is the greatest time of the year with college basketball. And and you yeah. and I are sitting here like, yeah, this is cool, but man, wait, wait, just wait till baseball. Baseball's fun. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Fix the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can control us worth betting content we provide on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. Don't forget to check out the football episodes as well, like cousin Jared mentioned. And until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.